0: Hello, good evening, and welcome to Seascapes. On tonight's programme, we're with the skipper of a new Galway to Aran Islands ferry on board his ship, and could the America's Cup really come to Ireland? It's almost 40 years since the O'Brien family of Carraroe and Connemara took their first passengers to the Aran Islands on the Galway Hooker. The family company now has a fleet of passenger ferries running between Rossaville and the three Aran Islands and they've just started a new route from Galway City to Inishmoor. Passengers leaving from Galway docks on a 90-minute trip will have the option of a return journey via the Cliffs of Moher. The master of the vessel is Shane McCall and Lorna Siggins joined him on a recent run on the new ship
1: That's the sound of feverish deck washing on the new Aran Island Ferry Searsha na Faragea. and we're in Rossaville we're about to go on a trial run into Galway So just tell me where we are now are we off Spiddle now? Just we know Yeah morning. we're, we're, just, coming we're, to to we're just coming up to Spiddle Spiddle will be just ahead of us there now with the sun shining yeah Master of Sir na Farraga, Shane McCall from Donegal, is showing me around the bridge. We're doing uh, 18 knots oh, yeah. exactly yeah. and we're on a course of 090 East. Um, over here we have uh, all the monitors for the engines and the alarm system. Um, then you have your um, shut-offs, uh, all that. that's all emergency stuff, your general alarms and fire alarms, that's your fire panel. Your suppression system for the engine room, which would be in the case of a fire. That that's all. That's all emergency stuff there. So then um, we have in the middle here we have our autopilot, which steers the vessel automatically. Um, and you have your satellite compass and your magnetic compass, and your AIS, which is a, a great thing on vessels now because you can see um, and the names of other vessels, their their their, their characteristics whether they're um, restricted in their ability to maneuver or whether they're underway using an engine or whatever all that information comes up on the AIS she's well rigged i believe she cost in excess of 6 million and was built out in singapore so i'm looking forward to the challenge of uh, running this route for the summer for the o'brien family the vessel is just under 40 meters long she has two engines, her service speed will be about 18 knots, uh, her maximum speed will be about 22 knots. She can carry up to 400 uh, on, in total, so that'll be 300, just over 390 passengers and the rest will be crew, 8 crew on board. We're using paper admiralty charts, it's the most reliable, um, the old way of doing things, so you keep your charts up to date with the corrections and. Do your passages by pencil, parallel rules. Bigger passenger boats would probably have the active system on board, but this vessel operating predominantly near coastal and on top of that, mostly in Galway Bay. So the paper charts are sufficient for the way we operate. You started out in, in fishing, Shane? That's correct, Lorna, yeah. Um, started out when I was a uh, young lad, my mid-teens, progressed on to get me skipper full fishing ticket. Had it when I was 21 years of age. I fished with Kevin McHugh on the Veronica until she was lost in a fire on Timely in, in Belfast, Harland Wolf. And had my own trawler then for a few years subsequent to that. And after getting out of fishing, I walked ashore for a few years when the kids were young. Then I decided to, the pull of the sea, took me back out on the waves again, and I went back to college. I was one of six fishermen with skipper full fishing tickets to convert over to Officer of the Watch thanks to both the MSO at the time and National Maritime College of Ireland they facilitated uh, us to do that and um, each one of us uh, have gone on to have very good careers in the merchant industry since so I went to college then in 2013 and did my Chief Mate Masters and uh, i went back in 2017 and completed my master mariners which was a life's ambition of mine so i'm glad to be glad to have all the paperwork and the exams behind me now so you've been down in brazil yeah i was down in brazil in uh, 2011-12 working um i was on a an rov survey vessel we were surveying uh, oil pipelines down there in the santo basin operating out of Rio de Janeiro. Beautiful place, lovely weather and uh, the food was good on board. We were getting fresh fruit all the time. So yeah, I enjoyed that experience. It was nice crossing the equator, the big ceremony we had and uh, yeah, most of me, the rest of my career in the merchant has been in the North Sea. I've, I've been working on uh, dive vessels with divers working down on the seabed. Uh, very stressful. Job to be at using a system called DP, which is dynamic positioning. That's where a computer controls all the thrusters, getting inputs from GPS and wind anemometers and different uh, sometimes uh, uh, an array maybe of of, of uh, buoys on the on the seabed sending signals back um, called transponders. So um, yeah, th- it's a it was a stressful job, but it, um, it took me to where I am today now I'm pushing on in years now, so it's time to stay at home a bit more, I believe. So, I mean, what was it like switching from fishing to, you know, Merchant Marine, where I presume you're wearing a uniform? Yeah, that's correct, yeah, and latter times especially they started to bring in uniforms. Um, fishing, it's a job where you're kind of a jack of all trades, you're in the wheelhouse skipper and you're... Um, mending nets, sometimes you have to cook the dinner generally you're looking after the engine room or would have a very good knowledge of all the pumping systems and diesel tanks and changing oil filters and all of that stuff so fishing would be a more rounded um, you know you'd have to have a more rounded experience I believe also they tend to be out in very bad weather and smaller boats so um, it's, it gave me a good knowledge of, of, of vessels, how they work and uh, my seamanship skills of, of old, I would like to think that I've gained some experience that will help me in my, in my future career. So yeah, I, I enjoyed fishing, but unfortunately the fishing industry today, it's, um, it's gone through a very bad time, both with regulation, lack of quotas, and I think since Brexit, um, an awful lot of, especially Spanish and French vessels, have been displaced into Irish waters and uh, it's getting tougher and tougher so i feel for them it's it's a hard job and uh, i'd prefer to be at what i'm at today to be honest so just in terms of the run that you'll be doing i know we're looking out now we're uh, where are we looking at now yeah we're just coming up now to we're we're passing invern um which is in there in our port side we're heading for galway and uh we'll be passing spittle then and then you pass the little village on the outskirts of Galway City, Barna, all on your port side. And then uh, you run up then towards Mutton Island, and we pick up the lead lights then going into Galway City. So we will be operating from the docks in Galway, um, thanks to the Harbour Board and Captain Brian Sheridan for uh, facilitating that for us. It's uh, it's going to be. Um, it's going to be a good service, I believe, for the people of Galway and further afield. The plan at the moment um, is to run to Inishmoor, Kilronan. Um, the trip will take approximately an hour and a half, weather dependent. And then um, the, we, we hope to get in there for about 11 o'clock in the morning after departing at 9.30 in the morning from, from Galway. So then um, at half past three in the afternoon we depart Kilronan, and we're going to go via the Cliffs of Moher back to Galway, so it should take in the region of 40 to 45 minutes to get down to the cliffs and uh, we would anticipate being back in Galway by probably 5.45 to 6 o'clock in the evening, I would imagine at my own guess, that would, that would be roughly the, the schedule. So. Um, yeah, that's, it's, it's going to be a nice a nice experience for people because there's a lot of wildlife in Galway Bay. We have porpoises, dolphins, um, there's uh, quite a few fin whales feeding here during the summer months. And then you have all the auk family, the birds down in the cliffs, the puffins, the guillemots. And um, it's, it, it should be a nice experience for, for people that are into nature as well.
0: That was Shane McCall on the new Aran Island Ferry, of Foriga, speaking to Lorna Siggins on a trip into Galway Docks. We learned this week that Ireland, or particularly Cork, has thrown its hat into the ring to host the America's Cup. That's the world's biggest sailing event. Last weekend, a team from the organisers visited Cork Harbour on an assessment trip for the 2024 event. There is intense speculation that New Zealand won't host the event again because of the costs involved. Oliver Lee is a broadcaster and commentator in Auckland. He told me that it's likely that New Zealand will not defend the event and it could go elsewhere in the world.
2: The government's final offer of £100 to help Team New Zealand host the the next uh, America's Cup here Uh, is done and dusted because Team New Zealand said they wanted uh, 200 million but the government said they'll leave that offer on the uh, table until September because uh, apparently according to the deed of gift of the America's Cup and there's a lot of politics involved a decision has to be made on a hosting city by uh, September this year and who could believe just three months yesterday St. Patrick's Day About a half a mile from where I'm talking to you tonight, celebrations unbelievable on the Auckland Harbour when Team New Zealand defeated Luna Rossa to retain the cup that they won in Bermuda. Grant Dalton, head of Team New Zealand, his mission is to keep the whole of Team New Zealand together, which is about 120 uh, people. Now we're talking designers, sailors and uh, obviously other other staff. But uh, the government here has only so much money to invest and uh, they didn't get the big dividend from this year's Cup because, mm. as we all know, COVID-19 has uh, changed the whole landscape in the world. And uh, I heard today that there was 160 super yachts booked to come in here, about 35
0: turned up. Say it. they decided it was going to come to Ireland. How much money would the Irish government have to put up and where would it be spent?
2: the new zealand government and the auckland council i've been living in auckland for over 30 years and the viaduct basin where it is now was kind of a a fishing port 30 years ago and there was nothing there now it's any of your listeners that have been to new zealand uh will know that it's a a beautiful inner city harbour area apartments restaurants and uh, a beautiful marina and uh over 250 million has been spent over the last uh, 20 years since the the first defence took place here in 2000. So that's about 140 million uh, euro. And um, so if if it's going to be held in in you know Cork and everybody says the harbour is one up, up there, one of the greatest uh, harbours in the world. We know that the Royal Cork Yacht Club is one of the oldest in the world. We we it know it as the
0: RCYC in the trade.
2: <laughs> so yeah if you the mayor of cork uh, i hope he gets on better with grant dalton than the mayor of auckland is at, at the moment but probably around 150 million euro needed uh, if a bid was to to uh, host the next america's cup in cork and where and, would uh, the money but, have to be spent well you'd need a, a nice uh, compound for all the different teams there was hope hopefully there was the seven different team bases here but only four turned up this year uh so each of these team bases and Auckland had to, you know, deepen the harbour as well around uh, this area where the viaduct basin is, and uh, so then there'd be maybe apartments going up. But the legacy of America's Cup in New Zealand is is now there; it's there for a lifetime because the beautiful apartments, the beautiful restaurants and bars, it is a legacy, and th- the money o- that was spent over the years uh, isn't gone to waste because uh, it's there. But we're very disappointed uh, to think that uh, we cannot. Uh, have the next uh, event here and uh, put on a really great show and uh, get people from all over the world to come and enjoy
0: New Zealand. There is a dividend, though, as well, for a country and a city hosting this because all the teams go and they may spend two or three years there with 100 people each. They're pouring money into the local economy.
2: Oh, yes. And uh, obviously, at one stage, we were hoping there was going to be seven teams uh, for this year's event. That only turned out to be three Uh, four including team New Zealand so each team had in excess of 120 people and uh, you're right uh, you know they spent a lot of money but as I said the the big uh, financial dividend was going to be all the let's face it the people that follow the America's Cup uh, they're not on the minimum wage we're talking about people that own super yachts they're very very wealthy in the world and they would have come in here they would have been going to play golf at some of the resorts they'd have been spending big in, in some of the lodges around New Zealand so we were expected to make the country in the region of half a billion dollars from spin-offs from the Americas Cup, but uh, I think that's been halved as a result of uh, the way things were going
0: as a result of Covid. From your vantage point, what do you think are the chances of Ireland or Cork or wherever getting this event?
2: Well, I was listening to Seascapes a few weeks ago and I sent you an email when I heard uh, somebody in Galway saying they'd love to host the America's Cup. And I kind of thought they were dreaming. But maybe the dream is coming true. Maybe Cork uh, will be, what do you call it, where the next America's Cup is. So it would be fantastic. I think the time frame in terms of uh, for TV rights and all of that, it it makes sense to have it in the northern hemisphere. A lot of the big uh, companies that uh, would support a yacht event like this, they want TV coverage and online coverage uh, in areas where there's a lot of people awake in the middle of the day when this was in New Zealand, literally the, the top half of the world were, we're, we're uh, sleeping. So this is what Grant Dalton has said. The big companies that sponsor uh, Team New Zealand, they're all uh, holding their cards close to their chests at the moment uh, until they see where the next event. But I'm sure from a, an Irish tourism point of view, it would be brilliant to have the America's Cup in Cork. And who knows, might get a beautiful find Uh, summer when the event has been held up there.
0: And we can only wait and hope and see, thanks to Oliver Lee in Auckland. We've spoken on the programme a number of times about the Limerick-based project, the AK Island, that was the rebuilding of one of the country's most historic ships. The work on that was mostly done in Hegarty's boatyard in Cork, where another project is now underway, the rebuilding of a sister ship and the original of the design, the Searsha. Liam Hegarty showed me around his boatyard last weekend and he told me how long they'd been working on the Searsha.
3: About two years. It is a time. Most of the time we were working on fishing boats. OK. So it's whenever we get a chance, we get at it. The job came along once the island was finished.
0: The Searsha, what's the relationship of the Searsha, the original Searsha to the island? The
3: original Searsha was the first boat to take the tricolor around the world, Conrad O'Brien, when he set sail, I think, 1922 or twenty-three, And... Um, she stopped off in the Falklands, and um, that's how the island came about. In um, you know, he got the contract to build it, a workboat for the islands.
0: Yeah, they, they liked the look of this one so much. The Searshare, it was sold through a few hands, but it eventually got wrecked.
3: Yeah, she got wrecked in uh, Jamaica. You know, she was buried in the sand for years and years. And but there was a half model of her, and Ufa um, Fox's drawings of her from for the 1927 fashioned race so there was and loads of photographs, so we had enough to go on.
0: What kind of pieces did you get? Uh, very,
3: very little. Um, there was bits of iron knees and a few bits of frames. You know, it was just a, a token <laughs> gesture.
0: Yeah. Here, it's occupying the place now that the island sat in for, what, 10 years? Yeah, she,
3: she, she was inside the door here, I suppose the bones of 10 years, starting yeah. and stopping, and yeah. eventually we got there.
0: Just tell me about... The shade you have here for your workshop, it's fairly unique because it's all woodwork goes on in here.
3: Yeah, originally this was a grain store and um, the, the, the wall quarter was um, in a fortification belong to the other skills. It's fairly old.
0: You do all the woodwork in here, like where we've got wood shavings all over the place. Yeah, the,
3: the bulk of it anyway, except for fishing boats that come up on the slip that we have to get working uh, outside.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but we're going up here to have a look at this. Yeah, walk away. Up the gangway. Now, you've got all the beams done, all the planking done, the deck is done, some of the combing. You've, you've progressed a huge amount.
3: Yeah, all the outside of her is, is finished. Um, she's painted out inside and we the, we're putting an engine into this one. So the the engine bearers and the stern shoe in as well.
0: Huge progress.
3: Yeah, to, uh, considering the, 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 the circumstances we had with the last year plus mm. or whatever it is.
0: Uh, 42 foot
3: overall and about 12 foot beam and she's drawing about 6 foot 2 Private owner, what's he going to do with it do you know? Yeah he's going to keep it in Baltimore as far as I know and maybe do a bit of sailing I suppose. Lovely,
0: beautiful yeah. All the work you've done here now you've been working on it for two years Is it easy to get people to do this kind of job? It's very very highly skilled
3: Well uh, once you have a few key people that know what they're doing you know you can uh, just, it's easy enough after that then. Yeah.
0: What about the materials where they're coming from?
3: Uh, the larch I got from um, Germany Um, that's Iroca or teak and the capping rails and the dick
0: because we don't grow timber in Ireland that's suitable for something like this well
3: um, just to get a good quality larch uh, in bulk is is a bit of a problem right. I mean there's plenty larch in the country which you know when the um, oiling was being done the larch came from a lot of it came out of Germany and we did the same for this
0: because I'm told that timber like larch and pine that we grow in this country, it grows too fast and the space between the grains is too much to use on a boat like this.
3: Yeah, that's the modern larch, well, for the one to be a better word, it's a kind of a hybrid or Japanese larch. It's European larch is what you're at, or native, you know, oh, old, really? old, 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 as long as it isn't too old. If it gets too old, it starts to de- deteriorate. Really? Yeah, then um, all boat builders said larch between 80 and 100 years is the... Is the, is the boat about the right? Okay. The thing after that, it goes backwards.
0: What's your time scale on this, do you think?
3: It was supposed to be ready this summer, only for what happened with the yeah. lockdown and one thing
0: or another. We're going to take a walk around, have a look around.
3: Yeah, no problem.
0: Just tell me a bit about your boatyard. We're here in Old Court. It's a fairly iconic place if anybody passes this outside Skabreen.
3: My father started off here in 1948, so it kind of developed away after that. We yeah. kept doing the same thing as we were doing all the time which is uh, wooden boats okay. and but, like there's a lot of steel boats in the, in the fishing industry so we're into that do that work as well
0: there are there many people throughout the country doing this type of thing
3: oh they are they are my neighbor over you now download over, is is into the thing as well and um after that you really i suppose you'd there are a few people around the coast, all right and you have to go up to the Galway then for a, for the next big bulk of okay. wooden, wooden sailing boats or wooden fishing
0: boats yeah. You obviously rent out the space to people and they have their projects here.
3: Yeah, a little bit of that, all right. Yeah, the rent is minimum. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it depends. If I like the project, we'll go with it. And if I don't, I don't.
0: OK. But, but then you have just in front of us here these huge trawlers that you, you obviously bring in at high tide up the slip and then the board goes out and you can work in the bottom.
3: Yeah, well, they're hauled out of the water and And you work at it at, at all stages of the site if you can at all, okay, so it's just maintenance
0: this one in front of us here what size is that it looks enormous
3: i, I she's about twenty meters,
0: and it looks like they're putting steel plates in, replacing some plates, and
3: yeah, that's where they where she she's a, she was converted to gill knitting, so she's um, they're they're putting on more stainless plates on the site where the nets are coming up to stop the planks getting worn. Okay.
0: you have a boat here now. It's oh, yeah. like something you'd love to buy, but it's a dream.
3: Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, there's, someone's resolved, there's plenty of people that will dream the dream.
0: Yeah. Is that a wooden boat?
3: Uh, she is, yeah. She's she's fairly old as well.
0: But yeah. like it looks, well, she's like you could that could be brought back, no problem.
3: Oh, I, could, I could, of course, yeah, but it's all time and. And that's, money. It,
0: that's it, isn't it? Time. So Liam, when we just come out here, we have two yachts, two classic yachts in different states of repair.
3: Yeah, um, both of those yachts were uh, built in Poland, apparently, sometime in the 60s. And uh, the one on the right-hand side.
0: Which is much further along, yeah. it's all been painted. Yeah, it's
3: she's, yeah, she's uh, changed owners a year ago, and so there's a good bit of work out being done to it. You know, a new engine and mashed to out and things like that.
0: If that goes if and when it goes in the water what that's about probably thirty six foot is it? Uh,
3: she's that boat that yeah. yeah she, she and it's a real it's gonna be a real eye catcher. Yeah, she's a lovely boat. Um you know it's she's, she's all a beauty is in the beauties and eyes to behold, or is I say, Yeah, but
0: when you buy something like this, you have a dream. How much work, for example, isn't this as- uh,
3: Yeah, it's, it's a cosmetic sort of thing, a major cleanup and burn everything back and, and start cleaning up and painting again. For something like that
0: for a person to buy it and do it on their own, it's too much. Well i say if you
3: were young and, um, and 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 dream enough. It's it's a do very doable sort of thing.
0: Oh, just we, we can just talk about all of these boats here. That's a, a, a wooden trawler. Are there many of those wooden ones left? They're
3: getting scarcer all the time like you know, yeah. but there there's still a few of them around. If you're up to Northern Ireland, Ireland Kilkeel and stuff you'd see quite a few of them.
0: Other one here in front of us. Now, that's been here for quite a while. It, it's an enormous boat. It looks like it was a ferry of some kind.
3: Yeah, we're going back to work on her again. Uh, she's, um, she's a pleasure boat, quite a big one. She's timber again. As I say, we should be working at it at the moment. Yeah. But uh, as I say, a trawler on the slip.
0: Okay, they, take, to, they always
3: take priority. They do, yeah. So that's the bread and butter, as they okay. say.
0: You've been in this business all your life?
3: Yeah. Um, I, I like. I finished school in, like, what, 1976? So i here since. For my sins.
0: <laughs> Recently in the last year or so during the pandemic there was a book of, of a foregas published about old court bourteards. Hager
3: Yeah, there yeah, yeah, was yeah, it was a friend of mine, Kevin O'Farrell, um, he um, he's been coming down here for the last the bones of twenty five years and next thing he got an notion of doing a book. So he's he's we we'll give him a ring and if he wants to he comes along and does his business.
0: Now, there are beautiful photographs in it, and it's for sale all around here.
3: Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, um,
0: you might invite me back when the search is ready.
3: Oh yeah, doors open
0: all the time. And I think we'd be taking up that offer. Thanks to Liam Hegarty in Old Court in Skibbereen. <laughs> And that's it for Seascapes for this week. We're back at the same time next Friday. Everything on the programme is podcast, it's on our website, rte.ie slash seascapes. If you want to contact me or the programme, the email is seascapes at rte.ie. If you're anywhere on or near the water over the next week, stay safe. Seascapes is presented and
2: produced by Fergal Keane.